Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. Live in the freedom that God loves you unconditionally. And He loves you unconditionally. God's love for you is unconditional. Preaching that God loves you unconditionally is the wrong message. God has a good will towards everybody, believers and non-believers. But there is another love reserved only for those who embrace the gospel and put their trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome into Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. As always, Todd is out on the campus of Kennesaw State University this week. And before we get to him, I wanted to tell you about a text I received earlier in the week. It was from a friend of mine who was asking for some advice as it pertains to evangelism. And as we talked, it became really clear that his struggle really wasn't with evangelism as much as it was how he viewed himself and his role in God's economy. And I wanted to share that with you because I wanted to recommend to you the same thing I recommended to my friend if you have the same struggles that he is having. I want to point you in the direction of a book that you can find in the Wretched Store called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul David Tripp. The book will give you a better understanding of just how to approach people and how to see them through God's eyes, not your own. And I just wanted to share that with you before we got out to the campus and Todd, which is what we're going to do right now because we don't waste time here at Wretched. This is Brendan with an E, not Brandon with an A. And you don't even go to school here. I don't. I don't. I actually go to school at uh, Chattahoochee Tech, actually. Good on you. Tell me about the book you're reading. It's called The 50th Law um, by Robert Greene and 50 Cent. Um, And it's really about like fear and, and fear's role in like people's everyday life and like the overcoming of that, the, the ability to kind of tap into a fearless mindset that we all have. Um, but, but few of us kind of tap into in the day to day just because, you know, we get comfortable and we allow that to like drive our life. Let me ask you a couple of questions about that. How do you know that what they're saying is right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. And I guess until you, uh, open your mind and, and, um, allow other people's perspective to, uh, to be a possibility, you know, because sometimes we shut our minds off to other people's perspective and kind of see what happens, right? Because if what you're doing isn't right, you know, the only thing you can do is kind of step outside of that and and move forward and and try and learn and grow. So I feel like you really don't know what's what's right until, you know, you can experience it and, and see how it works for you, really. So you're open to other people's ideas. So you'd be open up to my idea about fear. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think everyone has has different perspective. And yeah, I'd, I'd be open to it. Well, first of all, I think there's a lot of scary stuff. I mean, and, and fear, by the way, isn't always a bad thing. Fear is your friend. Keeps you from jumping off a cliff. Yeah. All right. But I'm going to give you the Christian perspective. Are you a Christian by any chance? Yes. This is what Jesus said. Don't fear man. Because all they can do is kill you, which right. is like. A lot, right? Uh, I mean, well, I mean, getting killed is right, right, right. bad. Yeah, no, it's bad. It yeah. is bad. So but. don't don't fear people who can do that to you, but fear God who can both kill you and cast you into hell. Exactly. He's the one that we're supposed to be fearing. And, right. and here's how I think it works, Brendan. When we really do fear God, our fear of man problem diminishes. We're not as afraid of things because... We fear God. And I think there's a, there's another component of it is that we also love God because of what he's done for us. 
And so when we are fearing the one who could cast us into hell, it tells us that our biggest problem has been solved. So in other words, no matter what you're dealing with, your grades or finances or relationships, tiny, your biggest problem is you were on a highway to hell. God rescued you off of that road, put you on the road of life. Now we look at everything else and it's like, eh, exactly. that ain't no big thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, back to the point you were saying about fear no man because all he can do is kill you. Essentially, w once you've been saved, you know, and you're living in your purpose, what it, what is that? Like you said, that's, that's, that's minor. All you can do is kill the body. But, you know. What is your purpose? I know it. I think, you know, as, as, as followers, you know, in that sense, um, not in like, you know, like a career in, in, in what, what, um, say field I choose to, you know, put myself in, but in, in the bigger picture, like we're talking about would be, um, to, to, to love people, love, well, love God, love people and, and share the message. You know, I'm going to paint a picture of two people. One is a pretty humble, lowly farm girl who milks cows all day. That's, that's her thing. Contrast that to a religious guy who perhaps wears a collar, he wears robes, he does religious things. Which one of those two is more pleasing to God? Well, it's less about the outward, you know, presentation and more about the, the relationship, um, the personal relationship from, from within, from the heart, from, from, from the spirit. So it's, it's less about the presentation of the two but really about who's, who's truly from their heart living um, in such a way that would please God and in and, and, and good relation. What you just said, I don't think most people would grasp because you look at the religious guy and it's like, well, he's doing holy things. All she's doing is milk and a cow. But I agree with you. If her heart, if it's her desire to please God, even as she does something that is pretty menial, she's pleasing to God. If this guy, especially if this guy's like a hypocrite, and he doesn't live out his faith, that's not pleasing to God at all. So it doesn't really matter what your job is. We glorify God with our attitude, how we go about our business, no matter what that business is. So you can get into, you want to get into like helping people physically, right? Right, 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 right. Exercise, science, sports, things of that nature. So you can glorify God in that job because that's your purpose. Your, your purpose is to glorify God and it takes a million different paths for all of us. But that's your purpose. That's the reason that you are here, Brendan, to glorify God. Tell me then, if I came up to you and I said, Brendan, you seem like a nice guy. Tell me about the hope that lies within you. Why should I consider believing what you believe? That, 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 that question has a lot of pieces, but uh, I'd say... Um Brendan, I'm kind of I'm kind of a hopeless man. I don't know what I'm doing. And wow, I just have a bad feeling about the afterlife. Can you help me? Well, I'd say um, if you, one, one thing, you know, this is one of the bigger points um, that I could tell somebody that doesn't necessarily believe, especially because I feel like a lot of times it's coming from like, a, you know, I have to see everything, you know, um, um, experience this or whatever to, to be able to put faith into something. Right. And um, so I would say, first off, you know, how do you learn about the afterlife, right? I mean, because none of us have died, right? But there, there was one person that did, right? And he came back and, and, and he 
was a test a testament to God the Father, right? Jesus in the flesh. And so he left us with lessons and teachings and and already, you know, wrote this stuff out for us, you know? And so um listen to one person that experienced that already, you know what I'm saying? Beat death, um, stole the keys to hell and and and, you know, triumphed over all that. So I I'd say, you know, hope in, in the one that already conquered that, you know. Okay, let's turn the tables. You come to me and you say, you look like a nice guy. You'll have to use your imagination, but yeah. you look like a nice guy. Can you tell me about the hope that lies within you? So let's role play gulp. Okay, you look like a nice guy. Well, thank you. Tell, tell me about the hope that lies within you. <laughs> that was probably pretty painful for you, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 would, I would say this, that hope can either be a crossing your fingers, hoping that the weather's going to be good when I want to go fishing, or hope can actually be in an object that is steadfast, immovable, unshakable, and true so that I can actually know. Do you feel the difference in hope? It's like, oh, I hope I get a good grade versus my hope is built on somebody who is truth himself. So I, I would probably, Brendan, start by asking you some questions. For instance, and say, well, Brendan, tell me, do you think you're a good person? You said you think I'm a good guy. Are you a good guy? I think so. Yeah. Let me, let me test that. Have you ever told a lie? Yeah. Huh. So good people tell lies is what you're telling. Okay. Ever stolen anything? Ooh. Uh... Doesn't matter about the value. Right, 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 right. Yeah, maybe as a little kid or something like that, yeah. All right. Fair enough, but... That's that's stealing, right? That's there. Okay, uh, let's try this one. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, look at a woman with lust. You've committed adultery in your heart. Would you be guilty of doing the thing that Jesus said is akin to adultery? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know which one of us isn't guilty of that. All right. Have you murdered anybody? No, no. That's... All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was never happened. All right, hold on, though. Jesus said, you've heard it said of all, thou shalt not commit murder. But I say, if you're angry, unjustly angry, you're in danger of the judgment because it's murder of the heart. So have you ever been unjustly angry? 100%. All right, so Brendan, you told me you're a good person, but you've also told me you're a lying, thieving, adulterous murderer at heart, right? And I'm no better than you. I'm the exact same way. In fact, I've lived more years and I actually think I'm a better sinner than you are. So I've got the same rap sheet that you have. Okay, stop. We have to take a quick break right here. I know I hate doing it as much as you hate hearing me do it, but we will be back pretty quick. Todd just shared the bad news, and we are going to hear him share the good news with Brendan. It's on the way next. It's a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Two. 
200. That's right, 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel, they're getting saved, their parents are getting saved, the church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at Tomorrow Clubs. Clubs.org slash wretched. Thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. I could spend the next few seconds telling you things like Wretched Radio can be heard on over 800 radio stations or that the Wretched Radio podcast has had over 5 million downloads in the last year. Instead, I'll let you share things with more eternal value. I have been transformed by your program. Wretched has changed my life. Through your video, God saved me. There is nothing more valuable than one person dead in their sin becoming alive in Christ. And we are truly humbled and grateful God uses knuckleheads like us, but we can't do it without your help. Would you consider and pray about partnering with us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church? You can get all of the details you could ever need or desire on becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Hey, isn't this groovy? Dozens of crisis pregnancy centers have been vandalized or set on fire because of the Roe v. Wade decision. A preborn center in Buffalo was firebombed. A preborn clinic in Gresham, Oregon was hit with an incendiary device. A preborn clinic in Miami vandalized and they're receiving bomb threats. In other words, the battle for life is becoming a battle for life. And yet, the preborn centers continue to open. Support organizations like Preborn and like your local pregnancy clinic that are unwaveringly and without fear opening again today, offering free, loving, Christ-centered alternatives to these young women. Be part of the solution. Please join the literal battle for life preborn.org slash wretched preborn.org slash wretched important dates in christian history 1095 pope urban ii launches the first crusade to reclaim jerusalem from muslim control the crowd wildly shouts god wills it there would be several crusades over the next centuries, with many tragic results and consequences lasting for centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back. It is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd, of course, is out on campus at Kennesaw State University, where he's been chatting with Brendan so far, a proclaiming Christian. And when we stepped away from him just a moment ago, Todd had just shared the bad news with Brendan. Now, the good news. But here's the good news. The one in whom I've placed my hope is Jesus Christ, because he claimed to be God. He proved it by doing signs and wonders. 
and then he marched to a cross. He wasn't a victim. He marched to the cross because something was taking place there. It wasn't just people being evil and cruel. It was about God pouring out the wrath that you and I deserve on his only beloved son so that justice can be satisfied and you can be forgiven. So my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus, his blood, and his righteousness. That's, that's my hope. And that's also your hope. But the Bible says something has to take. You can't just sit here and go, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Jesus said that unless a man is born again, he will not enter the kingdom of God. What do you think he meant by that? It's, it's, it's dying to your old ways and, and ad- adopting a life in Christ, you know, and, and living as a, as a different person. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's pretty warm to what he was after, because to be born again, it indicates you're dead. Clearly, it doesn't mean we go back into our mother's womb. Right. That's preposterous. Right. So he was really talking about a spiritual death. When you get to the place where you go, I am not a good guy. I'm not a good guy at all. In fact, I'm a very bad man. I'm a criminal in the eyes of God, but Jesus Christ paid my fine. So when we give him our rap sheet, he actually gives us his resume so that we can be seen as the righteousness of God because he gives us all of the credit that he earned for never breaking any of those laws. He died, he rose again, which means you've got a receipt. So Jesus dying, his death was the payment. His resurrection was God's receipt to say, it's been paid for. You are good to go. So, Brennan, I would say that's my hope. And that can be your hope, too, if you'll repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ. That's how I think I'd go about it. Right. Right. And that's a great way to explain it. So have you repented and trusted in Christ? Yes, sir. If. Let me just let me just quiz you a little bit. If I gathered all of your friends together, family, the people who know you best, who or what would they say is the most important thing in Brendan's life? I don't know. That'd be interesting. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to hear that that same answer myself. But uh, I don't know. I think. I think relationships and and you know I'm big on on family and and my loved ones. Um, and I think that I think my loved ones would know that. I think that would kind of be the answer. Family. Might I suggest to you that God actually wants to be in that position? He, he wants to be the primary love of your life. Doesn't mean that you no longer love your family, but we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength, and we love our neighbor as ourselves. But we love God first and foremost because anything else would be idolatrous, loving something more than God, even blasphemous. So I would say that God is supposed to have that position in our lives and that we should be constantly focusing on him so that our love for him does grow, our trust in him does grow, and our fear of man disappears. So I'm curious, Brendan, you're reading a book by 50, 50 Cent and... 50 Cent and Robert Greene. Now, see, I thought it was 50 Cent. Yeah, yeah, 50 Cent. But you're yeah. just not... Okay, you're trying to That's, keep it easy right. for me. <laughs> okay. I know cool stuff. Okay. okay, so these two guys wrote this book. Do you have a, a fear of man problem? I wouldn't say... I guess I guess in uh you kind of have to break that down, right? So in what sense in 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 you know daily, you know, fears and anxieties, I would say um I wrestle with that, you know, depending on the circumstance. You know, everyone kind of has their thing, 
on um, what they worry about or whatever the case may be in, in different ranges of how much, how little, right? Um, so in, in the aspect of, of daily fears that, like we spoke about, at the end of the day, really aren't, aren't all too big. Tell, well, tell me, I, I mean, I, I know stuff that confronts me. So what are the things that you perhaps are most fearful of? Some of the bigger ones would be, uh, you know, failure in, in the sense of like, you know, whether it be career or, or achieving, you know, dreams and, and certain things of that nature. Um, and I, I feel like that would be like one of the biggest ones. Are you familiar with the word? It's a theological term. Sovereignty? Yeah. What does that mean? Sovereign is, it's, it's like reigning over. Over what do you think God reigns? All things, most things, some things, a few things, no things. All things. Okay. Even your dreams and your hopes? 100%. So let's just say you want to get into, it's exercise. Science. Science. Yeah. Okay. You want to get into exercise. Let's say you bomb. You, you don't do well, and you don't get to do what your heart desired. How would sovereignty affect my attitude toward that failure? Understanding that, and this is something right now, I mean, I, I know I read this book, um, but I, I also, you know, try and, you know, get into the Word and, and really trying to read more um, of the Bible um, myself. Um, but this is, this is one thing that, especially over um, the past, year and a half or so, two years, because um, I actually played or I actually play football. Currently, I'm injured, and that's why I'm back at Chattahoochee Tech. I was playing at um, Anderson University in Indiana, D3 school. Um, and so my dream right now is to play at the highest level of football. You know what I'm saying? And so um, with me getting injured and, uh, you know, my dreams getting put on the back burner and, um, you know, me getting separated from what I want, you know, it's, it's forced me to take a step back and, and understand that concept, right? That um, he, he's above everything, you know, and he's, 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 he's working his hand in my life to, to maneuver pieces, to grow me into who he created me to be, not, not what my flesh, you know, desires. Would you consider not going to Anderson, not playing football, being here? Is this plan B for you? It was... Wasn't plan A. Right, 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 right. It, it, certainly by my outlining, it would not have been plan A. So inherently it would be that plan B. Um, but like I said, in, in this time, it's really like, it's really truly been a blessing that I would have never asked for, you know, but in, in changing my mindset, trying and, and working to like trust more and have more faith, um, it's, it's really opened my eyes to the blessings within what I saw as, you know, this, this deviation from my plan A, this, you know, this, this whole big, big issue really, you know, came forth as, as a blessing in many, many ways. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say by my, my outlining, it'd be plan B, but understanding now that he, he already had it. It's God's plan A because he doesn't have a plan B. It's not like, oh, no, Brendan got hurt. Now what am I going to do to fix that situation? Uh-uh. He foreordained everything. He's in control of everything. Now, there's, there's, there's another theology that you really need to consider with sovereignty. Because if somebody is in control of every molecule in the universe, that means he's really in control of me. So who is this sovereign one? Is he evil? Is he capricious? 
Is he good? Is he just? Is it, what, what is this sovereign being? Because if he's not anything but loving, I'm really, really scared. But if God is both sovereign and good, and he only does that which is right, and even though he'll put you through hard things, it is so you can bear fruit, so you can become more like Jesus Christ, so that you can be conformed to his image. So I need to remember that not only is God sovereign, but God is loving, especially to those who are in Christ. In Christ is a phrase that gets used a lot in the New Testament, dozens of times, in Christ. Because when God looks at you in Christ, he sees Christ. That means, Brendan, God's love for you is as intense as his love is for his own son. You just can't get more love than that, right? right, right? right. And knowing that he's sovereign, knowing that he loves his children, there's, there's no plan Bs in his economy. And what God ordains is always good, right. including getting injured. Right, right. So as you go through life and, you know, maybe you, you bomb out, you don't do well on your test, whatever. It's not that God delights in your failure, but it's because God is wanting to do something right. and he's willing to even let it sting because he wants better things for us than we want for ourselves. So my encouragement to you, Brennan, would be grow in that knowledge of God's sovereignty and God's love in Christ. And whatever the fears are, it doesn't mean that life never is like, but you're not going to be terrified about the future because your biggest problem has already been solved, right? You're a gentleman. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's true. Every single time it is true. When we fear man more than we fear God, we'll end up spending our lives attempting to please people. And that is a snare of Satan. And so let me shamelessly promote and share one more resource with you. If you struggle with this and you also have a fear of man problem, as many people do, consider going to the Wretched Store and grabbing When People Are Big and God is Small by Ed Welch. You'll thank me later. Okay, hang tight. More Witness Wednesday on the way next. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. So this little snippet is from a professional OBGYN. Y'all are exhausting. I am a mother. You are a mother. We like to be called mothers, but not all people who have uteruses identify as women, and that's okay. Using language that includes everyone is like a hug. What is wrong with your brain? No, I think that question should be reserved for you. What's wrong with your brain? Well, in case you haven't realized, you're paying more at the grocery store than ever before. Thanks to Joe Biden's economy, we will be paying 20% more for our Thanksgiving meals. Recent survey released today found the average cost of this year's holiday meal for 10 is 64.05, which is up from the 2021 average of 53.31. It's the most expensive dinner in the 37 years of American Farm Bureau's annual Thanksgiving survey. Republicans in Tennessee have introduced legislation aimed at protecting children from sexualized drag queen events. Tennessee Republican Senate Majority Leader Jack Johnson last Wednesday introduced Senate Bill 3, which would make it an offense for adult cabaret performers to hold shows on public property or at a location where it could be viewed by minors. 
Actress Candace Cameron Beers says in a new interview that she doesn't expect her new network, Great American Family, to follow Hallmark's lead in featuring same-sex couples. Amen. The Wall Street Journal asked if Great American Family would include LGBT couples as plot leads, and Beers said, quote, I think that Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. And of course, that comment broke the internet, as leftists everywhere are looking to cancel Beer for the umpteenth time probably not going to happen. Well, an unnamed person arrested in Iran for protesting the government has been sentenced to death, making them the first arrested protester to receive such a sentence. According to the BBC, the defendant allegedly set a government facility on fire and was found guilty of enmity against God by a revolutionary court in Tehran. Five others were sentenced to five to ten years in prison for public order and national security charges in another court. Can you just smell those things inching our way? Maybe not the exact charge of enmity against God, but probably enmity against the government. Yeah, I can see that happening very soon in America. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible Ezekiel was a prophet and priest in Israel. The language in the book of Ezekiel is often symbolic and figurative, but the message is clear. God rules over and judges men and nations. When you are tempted by sin, Ezekiel reminds us that God is holy and has called his people to holiness. He will go to great lengths to purge evil from among them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. It is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hello, I'm Jimmy Hicks, guiding you through Todd's adventures on the campus. And today that happens to be Kennesaw State University, where we've heard Todd chatting with Brandon so far. And now... This is David, who is studying... Construction management. Very cool. So how is that different than being like an architect? Um, you just manage the projects, basically, instead of designing them. <laughs> You know what? I'm familiar with that field. That's kind of a big buck field, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's important because you got all these different parts being fit together that have to happen at a particular order. So somebody's got to oversee it, and that's going to be you, correct? Correct. Tell me, do you believe in the holiday known as Christmas? I do. What is Christmas? It's the uh, birthday of Jesus Christ. Okay. And what's the significance of that? Uh, the Lord God, <laughs> human form upon us. And I, I actually don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So God in human form, what was, what was the purpose for that visit? To show people about him and his creation of the world. Anything else? I feel like that's the general idea of it. So. General idea? All right, so you, you'd consider yourself to be a Christian? Yes. When did you become a Christian? Ever since I was born, pretty much. My uh, parents took me to church every Sunday, so. What kind of church? Um, It's not Catholic, it's the other one. Um, I've gotten, like, I've strayed away from it as the years went on, but I'd like to get back into it. I actually talked to my mom today about going back, so. How come? I don't know. Life just took over, and laziness was actually a big part of it. Yeah, when you're living near the campus, other distractions and things. All right, 
So you think you're a Christian, though, today. How does one become a Christian? Just by accepting God and uh, just accepting God into your life, pretty much. And David, if I asked you, give me a reason to believe in the God you believe in, what reason would you give me? To go to heaven. To go to heaven. And um, so you could see your deceased family and friends. Okay, so I have to be a Christian to go to heaven? I'm not sure. Not necessarily. <laughs> how, do, how do you think one gets into the, the good afterlife? Not hell, but how, how do you think somebody gets to heaven? Um, accepting their God and the beliefs that come with it. So if I want to believe um, that garbage can over there is my God, and I believe that I should never litter, is that going to get me to heaven? I don't think so, because that's the... Oh, you, got, you got me stumped. <laughs> it's kind of the dumbest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> that's what it is. All right. Let me let me let me turn the tables for just a second here and perhaps present the Christian faith to you in a way that might kind of click for you. I suspect it might. I want to begin by asking you, David, would you consider yourself to be a good person? I do. I'm going to test that. Okay, like a prosecuting attorney. So first of all, I have to have some laws. So I'm going to use the Ten Commandments for the laws, and we're going to see if you've kept those commandments. And therefore, you're a good person. All right. Have you ever lied, told a lie to anybody? I have. Ever stolen anything? I have. Have you ever uh, committed adultery? Define it. (laughs) Adultery, I mean, technically defined, would be uh, being intimate with another person outside of your marriage vows. Or, well, it could be before marriage. Historically, it's been in your marriage. But Jesus went on to say that you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart because he sees beyond just what we do. He sees what we think. So I'm guessing you are a red-blooded male. You have broken that law. Yeah, I have. (laughs) Have you always honored God? I have. With everything? Even when you were lusting? Limits, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, so no, because like to. <laughs> yeah, but you'd like, but but you'd like to. Okay, have you ever taken God's name in vain? I have. It's blasphemy, which is pretty serious. I mean, we don't take the name of anybody. We don't even take like Stalin's name and use it as a four-letter filth word. When we use God's name that way, oof. All right, so David. I just tried to prosecute you to see if you are an innocent man or a guilty man. I would say, based on the evidence that you confessed, you're a guilty man. Would you agree? I agree, but I uh, I pray and apologize for everything I do. Almost, I say, routinely about once a week. So, but I keep on doing the things, so that doesn't make me any better for it. Yeah, well, the Christian life can be a battle, that's for sure. But setting that aside just for a moment, if you're guilty and you stand before God, let's say today he calls your number, taken David to court, and he's the judge, 
and he opens up the books on you that he has been meticulously keeping, seeing everything you've done in darkness, everything you've done in the light, he would see that you're guilty. David, what should God do with you? Should he take you into heaven or should he send you to hell? Well, God's very forgiving, so I feel like he should take me into heaven. Why should he forgive you? Because you got me thinking now. (laughs) Because imagine if a criminal is standing before a judge and he broke, let's say, 10 laws, and the judge had all the evidence, he knew that he was guilty. And he said, sir, you deserve 20 years, but I'm forgiving, so I'm just going to let you go. What would you think about that judge? He's not a very good judge. He's not a very good judge. Exactly. So if that's true of a human, that would be true for God, too. If he just kind of let boys be boys, let girls be girls, overlooked everything, he would be a corrupt judge, not a just judge. So imagine you're standing before God. Books are open. You're guilty. What's he going to do with you? He's going to send me away, probably. (laughs) That's what he should do. And with me, too. In fact, with everybody, that's what he should do. But you're on to something when you said God is forgiving. God is rich in mercy. He's just, so he has to punish lawbreakers. There are going to be no unsolved mysteries. Every sin ever committed, people will give an account. And they will either be punished or, in Christianity, somebody was punished on behalf of the guilty criminals. Who was punished on behalf of guilty criminals? Um, I'm not sure. I... What was my first question? Remember? Christmas? Yes. Who was born? Jesus. What is Easter? The passing and coming again of Jesus. Yeah, when he died and then he rose again. But something was happening on that cross. It wasn't an example of sacrificial love that just dies for no reason. It was sacrificial, but it was specifically that it was a sacrifice. He was a sin offering on behalf of the actual sinners. He was not sinful. He's God in flesh. He lived a perfect life. So in other words, he accumulated a lot of righteousness, a lot of credit, if you will. He died on a cross as a volunteer, not as a victim, because God was pouring out his wrath onto his only beloved son so that sinners' court cases could be dismissed, so that Jesus pays for your sins. Jesus is the one who satisfies justice. So now God can forgive you and still be just, because justice was satisfied on the cross. Does that make sense? Yes. That's that's the core of the Christian faith, David. And Jesus said that unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. So that's a big deal. So if you're, if you're not born again, you won't go to heaven is what he was saying. What do you think he meant by saying you must be born again? Um, that you get a second chance, basically. Well, let's just noodle it through. If you're born again, there has to be a death involved, right? You got to be dead in order to be born again. So the Bible says we are dead men walking. We're dead in our sins, in our animosity toward God, our lack of obedience. We are spiritually dead. But God grants repentance and faith. 
And if you will repent, which means to turn from your sins and put your faith in Christ alone, then God will forgive you. He will adopt you. And furthermore, all that righteousness that Jesus accumulated, he's going to credit it to your account. So you're not just seen as forgiven. You're seen as like the citizen of all time best because Jesus credits his goodness to your account. So you give Jesus your rap sheet. He gives you his resume. And break. That's exactly what we have to do right now. Take a break so we can pay some bills. But we will be back very, very quickly. We'll be back so quick you won't even know we're gone. This is Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Who doesn't like road trips? Buckle up and get ready because we are back for Road Trip to Truth Season 12. That's friends for three. I know you didn't know how cultured I was, but this isn't about me. It's about Road Trip to Truth and host John Fabares, who are back with an all-new season, tackling topics like the existence of aliens, the authenticity of the Bible, the true purpose for sex, the effects of social media, bumper sticker philosophy, what does it mean to be a woman, what does it mean to be a man, justice, and many other topics. 13 episodes to be exact with experts like Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Paul Twist, Nate Pickowitz, Alan Parr, Tom Hammond, and a lot more. So get ready for twists and turns and truth on the road trip to truth. Season 3 with host John Fabares. It's available now at wretched.org or roadtriptotruth.org. You're familiar with this sound. You're sitting in church. Your pastor is preaching. You have your John MacArthur Study Bible open. The pastor is reading the scripture. And all of a sudden you hear everybody in church turning the page because they all have the same MacArthur Study Bible. Why? Because it is so helpful to be able to read study notes underneath the verses to really grasp what God's Word is trying to teach. How would you like to share the joy of putting a John MacArthur Study Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines? They typically make about $12 to $15 per, not hour, per day. It's a luxury item, and it would be such a blessing. $25 a Bible, four Bibles, $100, or perhaps you could send a Bible to a brother or sister in the Philippines every single month. Would you please consider doing that to bring joy to our brothers and sisters? Wretched.org slash Bible. How's inflation been treating you if costs for health insurance are skyrocketing in your home? Would you please visit MediShare.com slash Wretched. Affordable Biblical Health sharing Christians paying for other Christians medical bills which means you don't have to worry where the money is going for mm, bad stuff second of all you can save on average $500 per month and finally MediShare it's the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 25 years it works and the members including myself and Mrs. Friel Love it, which is why their customer satisfaction rate is double traditional health insurance. If inflation has got you down, call up the people at MediShare, 844-34-BIBLE or MediShare.com slash wretched. 
2022 has brought incredible growth to Wrench It and Gospel Partners Media, and we have no plans of slowing down in 2023. And we invite you to join us in our efforts to preach the gospel, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. Please remember Wrench It as 2022 draws to a close, and we begin a new year and new opportunity to share the amazing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is the ability to discern between true and false spirits. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and many false teachers present their lies as God's truth. But God has given us His truth, and He has equipped us to tell true from false in accordance with His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. We are back here on Wretched Radio. It is a Witness Wednesday. Todd and David have been chatting on the campus of Kennesaw State University, and David has just heard the gospel, the full entire gospel. You want to guess what's coming next? That's the centerpiece of the Christian faith. So, David, here's the big question. Have you been born again? Have you repented, turned from your sins, and put your faith in Christ alone? I'd like to say yes, but I feel like I haven't totally yet, but I'd like to be very soon. Very soon as in when? As in in the next month where I can just be alone and to think to myself about it and pray to God about it. Here's my my only concern about that, David. You're a young man. You're like 20 years old, maybe? 18. You're 18. You're a young man. Death doesn't seem very imminent, but 18-year-olds do die, right? And if you died today, God would give you justice, and your fate would be sealed. Furthermore, to wait even a month is to miss the point of what Christianity is. Christianity isn't just about being forgiven. It's about that, but it's about actually being in a right relationship with God himself, to know him, to love him, to be loved by him, to grow in your in the way that you live, that it reflects his character and nature. You get to know God and no longer be an enemy but to be a friend, a child of God, who is as loved as the Son is loved by the Father. So if you delay, you're just missing out on the best thing in the universe. So my challenge to you would be, don't let the day go by. You've got some time in the day. I'd find a quiet place and I'd search my heart and do yourself a favor, get downwind from yourself, okay? Just think about the times you dishonored your parents, blasphemed God's name, looked at pornography, maybe did other things that you know you shouldn't have done. Think about all of that. Think about what you deserve. And and it really should cause you to tremble and go, if I have to face God, he's going to thrash me because that's what I deserve. But then you look to Jesus Christ, you throw yourself at his mercy and he promises your entire past will be forgiven. Everything you do in the future that's still sinful, it will be forgiven because you're in a right relationship with God and you have received the merits of Jesus Christ. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. 
people right now are pouring into the kingdom of God. You shouldn't let this day pass without taking this to heart and responding to God in repentance and faith. Would you consider doing that today? I would. I'll do it right after this because I have 30 minutes before my next class. So I, I will actually go into a, a quiet space and think to myself about it. Now you said something earlier. You said you keep doing the sins that you know you shouldn't be doing. All right. You need to know that a Christian is going to desire to not sin because why would you want to sin against the God who loved you so much that he died to save you? But know this, Christians still sin, okay? We don't like it. We don't dive into sin. We still stumble. We still fall. And that's going to happen to you. And you need to know in those moments, you are no less loved by God than when you're reading your Bible. And it's not because of what you're doing or who you are. It's because God sees you through Jesus Christ. So he's never going to be mad at you again. He has made a legal declaration that anybody who will respond to his good news in repentance and faith, he will not cast out. Your eternity will be fixed. You will go to heaven based on what Jesus did, not what you do. And it's that knowledge that's going to help you in your battle for, of sin. You're going to want to resist those temptations because your God loves you. Okay? So, dude, I'm really glad I met you today. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm going to walk away. I don't want to eat into those 30 minutes. Okay. All right. All right. Hey. Thank you. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate it. Let's all pray for David. This young man is seeking, he's searching, and he is looking for truth. And you can just tell with some people when they're genuinely looking for answers. So let us all commit to praying for that young man. And let's all get back out to the campus now because we still have more time. This is Jake. He's going to run the world getting a business degree, correct? Yes. Jake, we're going to talk about emotions, feelings. I want to share with you a list of emotions, and then you tell me, a description or a definition of each one. Love. That's like, man, that one's hard. You're willing to do something for someone, like, and uh, it's, I don't, I don't know, that's hard. You know, to be honest, emotions are kind of tricky yeah. when you try to define and describe, like, what does anger feel like? It's like, well, it feels like anger. <laughs> we use the same word to define the same word. In the Greek language, there are eight different forms of love. Eight. We just use the word love. Like, you know, I love barbecue. I love my mother. Whatever it is, just one word kind of fits everything. In the Greek language, they had different words to define different types of love. For instance, a storge love, which is kind of a just a universal love. There would be a filial love for family or really good friends. There'd be an eros love, romantic love between a husband and a wife. And then there'd be something that you were describing called agape love. Have you ever heard that word before? I have not. Agape is the type of love that says, you do not matter. I am still going to be kind to you. Whether you are kind to me or not, I'm going to be good to you. I'm going to help you, not because of who you are, but because of who I am. That's agape love. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Do you know where I get that information from? It sounds very biblical. It is. Yeah, it is. Agape love is the type of love that God shows to people. 
Uh, are you a Christian? Yes, sir. Do you, do you grow up in the church? Uh, I grew up Catholic, but recently uh, our family's moved to like non-denominational. Is that right? How come? Uh, just like they do a lot of weird stuff in the Catholic church. A lot. Sorry to any Catholics, but it's like a lot of rituals of man go on. Yeah, I just read non-denominational churches are the fastest growing branch of Christianity in the country, not Protestant or Baptist or just non-denominational. All right, so tell me, what is the difference between Roman Catholicism and Protestantism? Because non-denominational churches would be Protestant, at least to some degree. Do you know what the difference is between the two systems? I do not. Roman Catholics believe a lot of different things, but for instance, in order to go to heaven, you have to actually do everything right. You have to get your last rites. It's it's as if um, I gave you an injection of righteousness when you got baptized as a baby, then you're righteous. And if you maintain that righteousness, do acts of charity, go into a confessional booth. If you um, give your money, et cetera, have your last rites, you got a good chance of going to heaven. If not, you go to purgatory. So in other words, for Roman Catholics, getting to heaven is up to you. Works. You got to do works. Protestantism says something else. Um, you don't do any good works because we're by nature sinful. So even when we help a little old lady across the road, it's really not pleasing to God because we ourselves are lawbreakers. We've violated his commandments. We've broken his laws, thought, word, and deed. But God, even though he will definitely punish sinners, he's rich in mercy, sent his son to live a perfect life, die for sinners so that you and I can be forgiven based on what he did, not what we do. That's that's probably like the, the hinge difference between the two. That's what I believe in. Okay, so when would you say you were born again? Uh, when? <laughs> um, I don't really have an exact date. Probably within the last, you know, year and a half when we started going to this new church and my dad started showing me more. Well, that's, that's very cool. Okay, so now we've defined what love is. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he gave his son as a propitiation to buy us back. That's the definition of love. God giving us what we don't deserve and withholding what we do deserve and punishing his son. That's agape love. You know the verse John three sixteen. Is that familiar? You see it at football games, you know, in the end zone all the time, people holding up sign. For God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That's that's that agape love. All right, cool. Well, Jake, I'm really glad to hear that you're born again. And your dad, tell him well done, would you? I will. Now that's the power of a safe father. An entirely Catholic family transformed by the word of God. Martin Luther would be pleased. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.